It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad. When the game is over, the fun begins. Interviews, highlights, analysis, and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. Now, from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins, Reed Wilkins on Oilers on Radio. Oilers. 6.30, Chad. A dreary night for the Edmonton Oilers. Just one goal, only 21 shots on net, and their three-game winning streak comes to an end. 4-1, the Tampa Bay Lightning get the decision tonight. The triplets line of Palat, Kucherov, and Johnson, very dangerous. Also the three stars of the game in that order. Thanks a lot for joining us. It is 8.38, along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. We'll quickly give out the fourth star of the game for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. I'll make it easy, Rob, and I'll pick the guy who scored for the Oilers, Euro Packer, and who has three points in four games since coming back from injury and maybe one of the more uh, energetic Oilers this evening as well. Well, the fourth line has been good as of late for the Oilers, looking for a little bit of secondary scoring, probably uh, the most consistent, which is surprising and probably not a great sign, but th- they were they were fine again tonight, and, and Bob and Jack alluded to it, though, once the Oilers started chasing in the game, that line doesn't get a whole lot, and they sit for long stretches. So uh, falling behind hurt the Oilers because one of their consistent lines, the fourth line, didn't play a whole lot once they got behind a couple goals. The Lightning scored you know, fairly early in each period, 426 into the game, well, and then very early, 16 seconds into the second period, 49 seconds into the third, Nemestikov, Got an empty net goal officially at 19:59. He had Patrick Maroon uh, stucking at him for about five seconds, and the, the referee just awarded a goal because he had a clear path to an empty net. That was uh, really did, didn't affect the outcome of the game either way. Just affects the final score. Now, Rob, you know it wasn't a great game in Chicago either. No, nope. probably a, a decent third period for the Oilers. What I mean, they they've had some offensive up and ups and downs lately really most of the month mm-hmm. um i mean anything changed for you with the concern level about the depth scoring or the chances i guess not being generated by certain players well uh, yeah i think there's a little concern i i think that if you look at the first line, when when Dry saddles with McDavid, it's been consistent all season long. Obviously, one guy's leading the league, and the other guy's been flirting with the top 12, 13 throughout the entire season in Dry Seidel. So that's been consistent. You look at the fourth line, uh, I mean, as of late, you know, Hendricks has got a couple goals. Pacarinen's got a, a goal. Letestu on the season's done well. Pitlick, when he's been in that position, he was having a good year. So the fourth line has been, I think, over the course of year, depending who you put on, it has been very good too. Where the Oilers have had the inconsistency is in the second and third line. Now, if it's inconsistent just production-wise, you can understand that as long as they are getting the consistent uh, opportunities, the consistent chances. But what we're seeing stretches 
where the chances just aren't there. And now, if you and I just on the top of your head, uh, the second line of at most uh, part of the night was Lucic, Eberle, and and Nugent Hopkins. Do you remember them getting a scoring chance on the top? You had no, and that's what you're seeing too much of. There was a stretch where that when they were together, Eberle and Nugent Hopkins, a while back they weren't scoring, but Eberle was getting so many glorious chances. Well, that's dried up a little bit. When you're an offensive player, you really judge your game on the amount of opportunities you get. That's how you, you think, okay, did, were things going for me? Was I moving my feet? Was I going to the right nets? Well, right top places on the ice? Well, yeah, because I got about six or seven good chances. It's not happening. That's what's concerning. Because if there's chances, eventually it's going to go in. And right now the second and the third line aren't creating enough chances for them to get the puck into the net. Yeah, and as I mentioned, only 21 shots for the Oilers tonight, only five in the third period when you're trying to come from behind. So, yeah, not a good night for the Oilers overall. The one goal does mean a $25 donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. That's from Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. They give 25 bucks for every goal throughout the season. We're up to $4,250. All right, you can get us at 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630, and we'll start with Greg tonight. Hey, Greg. Hey, guys. How's it going? Doing well. So there's only one thing stupider than the NHL offside challenge, and that's the NFL's overtime rules. So... Um, <laughs> But I'm not saying that tonight because it happens to the others, but all year long it's been a joke. Like, the NHL has done an awesome job decreasing offense with these challenge rules, and eventually it's going to cost the team in the playoffs or in the Stanley Cup series. And when it does, I hope the NHL finally realizes that something's got to be done. Like, it, it, it's just it, it's terrible. Like, maybe just fire all the linesmen and use the cameras every night instead because, like, it, they're just grasping at straws. The rules, the rule needs to be modified. Well, uh, uh, some way to to get rid of this because and I and I Google or sorry I downloaded the playbook for the NHL and it says uh, it states that when the puck crosses the leading edge of the blue line which on this play tonight the McDavid skate was still on the blue line when the puck crossed the leading edge of the blue line so that play should have been on no it was, was, was dry sidle that was offside sorry, dry it was, was dry sidle that was offside it, it was really close uh, I mean I I don't like regardless of what team it affects, and we're going to talk about tonight because it went against the Oilers, but when I see it in highlights and when I've seen it benefit the Oilers, I don't I don't like the offside challenge because you're overturning goals on plays that were offside by one or two centimeters. And, and it's, it's impo- a one-way street. You can't unreverse right. an offside. And it's impossible to tell with the naked eye. And, and there was a, that blatant one, was it Duchesne, three years ago? Where he was offside yep. by 15 feet and it was missed and the goal counted, and but it does say the leading edge of the blue line, in which tonight the puck did hit the leading edge of the blue line while the other player's skate was still on the blue line. So according to the NHL rule book, that play is still on. Uh, okay, now uh, you've got the rule book. I don't. I always thought the entire puck had to be over the line before the feet are over the line. Is well, that not true? A, if you got a second here, I can read you the rule. I have it screenshotted. Sure. Yep. Okay, give me one second here, and I'll, and I'll get to that for you. But, yeah, it says the the leading edge of it. So, um, like I said, um, tonight it was, it was yeah. Uh, actually, guys, I, I can't find it real quick here. And it's I don't okay. I'll, I'll look it up. I, I, I thought I'll, the I'll, puck had to be I'll all the way over. Guys. I'll, text as long... to the, to, I'll text it to you guys. I'll text it to you guys, and you guys can read it. Yeah, well, I, I, I just brought up the rule book, so I'll find okay. the wording. But, but I mean, e- either way, thanks for calling, Greg. E- either way, I, I don't, I don't like the challenge. I know, Rob, we argued about this when Cassian had his goal overturned against the Jets, 
in December, and your point was, well, it was offside. It was. Well, it, it was. It was. I, you know what? I, I, I wasn't a fan of the rule to start with either, simply because mistakes happen. On the ice, players make mistakes. In the benches, coaches make mistakes. Referees make mistakes and I think that's part of the game that's that's just it's always been there now obviously it, it sucks when it's some huge blatant mistake that, that that changes the complexion of a game but those don't happen very often the the referees are the best in the world the linesmen and everyone gets mad at the refs but the linesmen if you see how hard it is to be able to call something that is that close with bodies flying all over the ice and to see how good they are at it to, for them to be overturned for a millimeter or a centimeter or half a centimeter, I don't think is right. Just like I don't think uh, in baseball should... I mean, if, if you wanted to be completely true, in baseball you take out the ump and you put a computer there. And for in hockey, put a computer on the saw in each blue line and get rid of the linesman that way and just let it call that way. I think part of the excitement is the, oppor- the, the chance that there may be a mistake. There might be a small one, and when it's this small, like we watched the video of it, and I know my eyes aren't as good as they used to be. I can't see if the puck is over before the skates or not, or if the skates are over before the puck it's not, because it's that close. And if it's that close, then let's leave the exciting fun part, which is a goal, in place. Having said all of that, it was offside, and it was the right call. Uh, having said all that, the Oilers did not play well enough tonight. Nope. No, and, they didn't. And I mean, we can what if ourselves to death if it would have been 3-2 instead of 3-1. Uh, bottom line is the Oilers were behind from the 426 mark of the game and, and did not come close enough, nearly close enough, to playing with the energy or the net presence needed. To, to score enough to win this game. Now, Tampa Bay had one line going, and that line killed the Oilers tonight. 780-496-0063. We'll go to Aaron on the phone line. Hi, Aaron. Hey, Reed. Uh, just wondering if there was any update on Larson and just uh, I don't really follow any of the other teams closely enough, but the Oilers, again, seem to have more injuries than most any other teams. No, this year, they, this year they have actually less than a lot of guys. Oh, okay. The this is not this has not been that bad a year for no. the Oilers injury wise. I mean they've kind of had two guys injured most of the time. They they've had, this has actually been a pretty healthy year for the Oilers comparatively speaking. I, I we're gonna get to Todd McClellan in a second here, Aaron. I saw okay. Jack Michaels tweeted out though that there wasn't an update, um, and a lot of times McClellan just says we'll have to look at him in the morning if it's not something serious. So we'll we'll get yeah. to that right away though. Okay. Okay, thanks, guys. Okay, and uh, we'll take a quick timeout, and then we'll get to head coach Todd McClellan. Oilers beaten 4-1 tonight in Tampa Bay. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center. Live from the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center, this is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse on Oilers Radio. 6.30, Chad. Bishop threw a screen, and then Palat turned and fired it up the gut. Beautiful play. Kucherov in, shoots, save made by Brassois. Rebound loose, poked away from Brassois, and finally Clefbaum comes away with it. Third period breakaway for Nikita Kucherov, who was very good tonight. Stopped that time by Laurent Brassois. His save of the game, courtesy Armor Insurance. Complete a free quote for a $10 Tim card at armorinsurance.ca. Brassois takes the loss tonight. 20 Four saves on 27 shots. The Lightning add an empty netter and beat the Oilers 4-1. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Uh, I mean, Bressois, the, the first two goals that beat him are, are beautiful offensive plays. 
Um, you know, we talked going in, maybe this would be a night determining his uh, his competency <laughs> as as a backup goaltender. Um, I mean, I, I guess if you wanted to be extremely picky, you'd say, well, he didn't make the, the big save when they needed it. But by the same token, um, I, I thought he made a lot of solid stops and was beaten on a couple of really good chances. Yeah, I, I think Bob said it best. He was okay. Um, he wasn't as good as the goaltender in the opposite end. Uh, maybe, I, I don't know if there's a goal that he should have had, but sometimes in a game you need a goalie to make a save that he probably shouldn't. And I think that might have been a difference. But uh, uh, at the end of the night, the Oilers weren't as good as the Tampa Bay Lightning. And that's not on Bressois. That's on the guys playing in front of him. 4-1 the final. Back to Tampa. Here's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. Adam Larson only played a couple of shifts. In the yeah, he, he left the game and uh, was injured. I don't have an update yet, so it's nothing to give you. I didn't really get I didn't see him either. The trainer came by and said he's out and he's done for the night, so... That's all I have for you. Um, you had trouble with that one line of theirs, because you're offline, obviously. Yeah, they were. Uh, they played an, a hell of a game. They were very good, and uh, you know, not only did they give us problems, but they gave us problems against the one line that I thought was actually going for our team. Um, you know, after that, it kind of fell off dramatically. We had some very high-end players, in my opinion, that were non-existent tonight. They, uh, you know, after the second period, we had three quarters of a team that. I didn't even have an attempted shot on goal, never mind a shot. Um, so you're not going to win like that. Um, time to regroup and get back into uh, into Florida and probably play a team that's uh, playing as well as this one. LB, did you think? I thought he was fine. He got, uh, you know, he made some tough saves. And he wasn't happy with the third. With the third one? Yeah, he said. Yeah, so well. He caught his feet planted and didn't have a Yeah, so he's, uh, you know, it's hard to play when you're a backup in the league and and you don't get many games. I thought he was fine. Um, there weren't any weak ones, in my opinion. No chance, for sure, of the first two. Yeah, there are goals. Um, so was that, did your team play much better than they did in Chicago, or disappointed again? Uh, well, it, it may sound strange. I thought we were better tonight than we were in Chicago. We didn't even have the puck in Chicago. So, But I think it's a reflection of where our team is right now. We've got some work to do. Um, we just don't get uh, you know, enough opportunities to work on our game so we've got to fix it somehow individuals have to accept some responsibility for bringing their a game to the rink and you know um some key players have to pick it up this is this is a great opportunity for uh, for guys that haven't been in the playoffs here before to really grind and and um step forward and say look at me i'm i'm prepared to go uh, we haven't had that from some over the last little bit. So you didn't obviously you didn't like your lines much after the first period because you quickly went to Leon. Well, we went about halfway through the game. I gave him a chance, and um, not only did we have not anything going offensively, we didn't have much going defensively. So something had to change. Thank you. All right, Oilers head coach Todd McClellan, 4-1. The Oilers lose in Tampa Bay, and uh, he says we had some very high-end players who were non-existent tonight. Well, you can read between the lines. Read, I think it's the same players that we were just talking about beforehand. Um, their, their fourth line was fine. Their first line, though their, their line score does not look very good, as they were minus three. Um, the McDavid line was three under, including the, the empty net goal. But they at least created as as coach Todd said, you know, the he thought his first line was going, yet 
they didn't look very good considering how good the Kucherov line against them was. It was the second and third lines that didn't create anything, and, and that's a problem because as the Oilers get closer to the playoffs and play in more meaningful games and then uh, as they make it into the playoffs, which we believe is going gonna, is gonna to happen, and they play against teams that are going to play the McDavid line tougher, you know, teams have a, a set way of playing against McDavid, and his line mates, it's going to be even tougher come playoff time. It looks like Anaheim right now. Say it's Anaheim. Ryan Kessler is going to be on the ice every time Connor steps on the ice. And their goal will be do not let McDavid beat us. Someone else is going to have to pick up the slack. And right now is a great chance for some of these other players to show that they're capable of helping win hockey games. And the second and third lines need to be better than they were tonight. All right. No Japanese village goal light. The Oilers have to score five or more in a game for us to turn that on on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. Then you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village, three locations, downtown Southside and Northside. We have more post-game reaction coming in. You'll hear from Captain Connor McDavid, and we'll update the Advantage Trailer Rentals scoreboard. It's been a wild one in Nashville. The Flames and the Predators now over. The Flames just score in overtime. They blew a 4-1 lead, but they win it 6-5. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranish Team Broadcast. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. From the Terry Peranish Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Final score, Tampa Bay 4, Edmonton one, the Oilers' three-game winning streak comes to an end. They fall to 32-20-8 on the season. We're looking for somebody to finish the play at 780-496-0063. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in. You can uh, text 63630. Uh, this texter says, I think it might be time for a serious discussion about Lucic and his lack of enthusiasm on this team. Not the guy from two and three years ago, but the guy that we've seen for the last four months. I don't think he's fast enough or good enough to be anything but on the fourth line. I don't understand why people keep saying that he's such a great winger. Sorry, but we should be able to find someone who can be tough but isn't a pylon while watching other skilled players uh, do all the work. Well, we've had a lot of serious discussions uh, about him. First of all, uh, I mean, look, it's it's in my mind, it's been a slightly substandard year for Milan Lucic. Uh, his offensive production isn't quite what you have hoped. Uh, there are some games where he hasn't. There's been too many games where he hasn't looked like he's made a lot of impact. He's played well other nights, and you know, there's some night. I, I honestly think the expectations. And I'm not saying that he's he's met those expectations. But the expectations, I think, were a little too high from a lot of people. Now, I, th- I, I, I don't think he's met the realistic expectations for the most part. But he wasn't going to come in here and score 40 goals and beat up three guys every night. Now, some of the challenges that he's had, I think, are accurately pointed out by that texture. But, again, he wasn't going to turn into you know, Cam Neely or Maurice Richard over the summer and all of a sudden be like that. No, I agree. I think the expectations were way too high for him. We talked about it at the beginning of the season. He's a 20 to 25 goal scorer, a 40 to 45 point getter that's going to be in a few fights every year. Just look at his stats. That's what he's always done. Uh, He's probably a little below par on that. I don't think he's been as good as he wants to be. But he he's a top nine forward even on this team, despite what, what what some think, and he's here for the next six years. So 
you hope that his production increases at times, but I this is a, a huge signing by the Oilers in, in terms of contract, in terms of length of contract, and hopefully that it, it pays off. But it, there, you're, you're not. There's nothing you're going to do. There, Milan Lucic is going to be an Oiler, and he's going to be an Oiler for a long time. Uh, he's still finding his way, and you hope he finds it soon. This is a really good comment from Roadhammer on the text line. He goes, the Oilers were playing with their sticks instead of their bodies most of the evening. And, and I, I totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. They did not check hard enough. And I mean that in terms of, like McClellan has said, and I, I loved how he put it early last season, get inside the other team's equipment. Get over top of the puck. You know, get your hips and your shoulders over top of the puck. And when the Oilers are playing well, you see them you know, coming up and underneath guys. You see them making the check the split second before the other guy gets the puck. They don't wait for the opponent to get the puck and then try to hit him. They initiate the contact to begin with. And I think why they've been a good road team is because they've checked hard on the road. They they did not check hard enough tonight. Well, and now... To me, the most two most noticeable noticeable players on the ice tonight for for Tampa was obviously Kucherov and Palat. Mm-hmm. But who would who would you think the third most noticeable player was? That that I I mean I know who I thought it was. It was Paquette, their fourth line winger, and why? Because he was physical, and, and that's what we didn't see out of the Oilers. You didn't see it out of the you know the Cassian, the Maroon, the Lucic, uh, Hendrick. Uh, players that you normally see that kind of game out of and they they didn't have that physical play and the Tampa Bay Lightning it, it, as much as right now they're on the outside looking in in the Eastern Conference they've gone through a stretch this year that wasn't very good the goaltending for a while Bishop wasn't very good but this is a very good hockey team and I think you pointed it out to me earlier over the last three years is it They've, had, they've played more games than anyone else in the National Hockey League. That's because of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They've been a very good team for the last number of years. So if you give this team time and space, if you try to get into a, a, a shinny hockey game with them, they will beat you because they have got speed. They have got skill. And tonight the Oilers played a little too much shinny with them. And it made them pay, and and it cost them. Whereas the the Tampa team, as skilled as they are, they did have a physical element to the game. We saw Clefbaum get run over. We saw Drysaddle get run over. So those are the things that you need to do. And the others didn't do enough of it. That was a very good text. All right, we have Ross. Ross, you ready to finish the play, buddy? All right, sure am. All right, you've already won an eight day parking pass to Jet Set We Park. Brought to you by Jet Set Parking. Park cheap and easy. Visit JetSetParking.com. If you're right, you'll be entered into the grand prize draw for $1,000 to Integra Tire Auto Center. Visit Integra Tire to experience service you can trust. Integra Tire, experience integrity. Kellen, I have no idea what you've cooked up tonight. Let's go. Score 2-0. Lightning both goals scored by Andre Pallotta off the draw. Snapshot! Okay, I think that is off a neutral zone face-off and the puck gets moved ahead to Iro Pakarinen. Goal or no goal? Oh, yeah, that's a goal. All right. Score 2-0. Lightning both goals scored by Andre Pallotta off the draw. Snapshot score. Hero Pukkarinen. There we go. Ross, you're the winner tonight. So you get your name in the grand prize draw. Stay on the line there so uh, Rob or Sir Kellen can uh, record your information. Good stuff. Uh, not good enough for the Oilers tonight. They lose 4-1 to the Lightning. We'll take a quick timeout. It's 9-11. Canadian Brewhouse overtime open line from the Terry Perandis Team Broadcast Centre. <laughs> 
Live from the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center, this is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brew House on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 4-1, the Tampa Bay Lightning knock off the Edmonton Oilers. The triplet line, very good. Platt, two goals. Johnson, two assists. Kucherov, a goal and three assists. Ben Bishop gets the win. Eero Pakarin in his first of the season, the only strike for the Oilers. The adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better with help from your chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. Laurent Brassois gets just his second start of the season, takes the loss. A rare night off for Cam Talbot, and I think Colin wants to talk about LB. Hey, Colin. Hey, how are you guys doing? Doing very well. Um, yeah, exactly that. Uh, Laurent Bessois. Uh, you guys said he was okay. Uh, the coach seemed to think he was okay. I thought he was terrible. And why would um, you say that? You guys have talked about how Talbot makes saves. If he slides in front, he's there, he's in position, no problem. When you're flailing around, it's because you're trying to catch up. Um, Laurent was flailing around like on his, sitting on his butt, laying on his stomach, threw his stick halfway through. Well, like, not intentionally, but flies out of his hand, right? Um, no, Bishop, Bishop, and the other, was, Bishop and the other end did the same thing, too, though. He was diving a few times. He lost his stick the same way. Yeah, okay. And he was the better uh, goalie. I mean, the, the, the thing that separates Talbot from uh, most of the goals in, goalies in the National Hockey League is how good he is with his angles, how good he is with anticipation, how good he is at, at yeah, the calm he, demeanor. He's there and waiting. He's, he's, he, that's what's different. Bressois, he was fine. Um, he's not Talbot, and we can't expect him to be Talbot. And any goalie that we go and get will not be Talbot. Yeah. But what his job is to stop pucks, and I thought today uh, Bishop was better, but ta- but but Bressois was fine. He I, he wasn't awful. I mean, yeah, yeah he, in that comparison, I think Bishop is always going to be better than Bressois. Oh, absolutely, yes, but, 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 sure. but Bishop's a Vezina finalist twice, and Bressois yeah, exactly. got five games in his under his belt in the National Hockey League, so you can't I compare them. At ten. Pardon? I thought earlier at the uh, pregame show, you guys said he's got. Ten NHL games. I think he's guys. Yeah, I think he's now up to ten appearances. Yeah. So one in ten. That's still not very good. Well, a couple. He's only played the third period, right? When, he, when, oh, okay. when he's when he's come in, like he has four appearances this year, two starts, and and and, and two third periods. Hey, Colin, we appreciate the call. We don't all have to see the game the same way, buddy. Thanks. Yeah, no problem. Thanks. All right, nine seventeen. Back to Tampa. Here's Oilers captain Connor McDavid. Yeah, I mean, that was definitely a, a big play and a, and a big uh, big moment in that game. Um, you know, it, it, uh, yeah, that, that, uh, that happens. I mean, uh, obviously, if the roles were reversed and, and you know, we were the ones challenging that, we would love that play, love that call. So, um, you know, it's just how it goes sometimes. No, I'm not going to get into it very much. Um, no, I'm not looking to... To say much about it, I mean, like I said, if, we, if the roles were reversed, we would certainly love the love the rule, and um, you know, it's the way it goes. Uh, sometimes. You had trouble with the Kucherov line, Kucherov, Yeah, they're, they're three really good players that play really well together, and uh, you know, offensively they're really dangerous. So yeah, they did a good job tonight. All right, that's Connor McDavid. Not much to say after this one. His Oilers fall 4-1 to the Tampa Bay Lightning. We will get to our old friend Rocket on the open line when we return. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre.
The Leafs beat the Jets 5-4 in overtime. The Islanders get a 3-1 win in Detroit. Senators edge the Devils 2-1. Canadians beat the Rangers 3-2 in a shootout. Penguins down the Hurricanes 3-1. And with just seconds to go in the third, the Kings up 2-1 on the Avalanche. We have Rocket on the phone line. Hey, Rocket. Hey, guys. How you doing? Doing very well. I haven't called in in a while because I get uh, I get superstitious from time to time, and for a while I was uh, predicting games and doing well, and then I wasn't predicting them very well, so I stopped doing that. Okay. <laughs> and then we were on a three-game winning streak, so I, I never called in all three games because uh, they were winning, but uh, they lost, so here I am. Uh, I just wanted to comment on the goaltending and uh, just say, in your mind, if you're a coach and you you're playing Brassois tonight did you do it because of analytics and maybe the record against Tampa Bay and in the event you've already won a game so if you lose this one you go into Florida you already know Reimers played in Florida as a backup so now you have Talbot and you know Luongo and you have better odds in, in, in Florida and I just wanted to see what you guys thought about maybe the decision with going with Talbot uh, in the second game versus uh, the first game in Florida. Well, I, to me, the, I'm sure there's a lot of analytics that have gone into it. I'm sure they talked with the goalie. They talked with the goalie coach. They saw who they were playing. They talked to the other coaches in the around, figure out what they think they should do. And I'm not saying he played bad. No, no. And then, and then after having all that, sometimes they just go with their gut. I mean, Tal- Talbot can't play every game the rest of the way. He just can't. He'll come close. He'll, yeah, he'll come close, <laughs> but he can't. Yeah, he, I, I he needs he a rest. To. And I am sure, in the back of their minds, also part of it is the fact that they'd like to see uh, Bressois play before the trade deadline. I mean, if he came out tonight and let in seven and looked like Gustafson did his last couple, then they're like, oh, you know what, maybe we do need someone to spell Talbot. Maybe we do need an experienced guy. So I think that's part of it, too. I mean, it, it, it's here and there. Either Talbot played tonight and missed tomorrow or about either either just because he's going to need a rest. Um, to me, it had nothing to do with who played in net tonight for the others for why they lost. They're, yeah, they just I, I they agree. just weren't good enough. So, I mean, if they win tonight, he looks, hey, that was a good move, putting him in night. They, they lose. Now they say, well, I wonder if it would have been different with Talbot. Talbot does need nights off, and this is where they found would probably be the best for him to get. Unfortunately, didn't get them two points. Do you know what our record is back-to-back? Oh, hang on. Jack had it earlier, and I got the game notes open. I'm just wondering if that factors in at all. Well, the thing that factors in with the back-to-backs is that the stats show that a goalie's save percentage drops if he plays back-to-back games, right? I just mean how well the Oilers play in the back-to-backs. I think the record's pretty good if it I is, it, is, it is pretty good this year, and you know what? I, I'm sorry, Rocket, I had it, and I can't find it now. But I appreciate yeah, that they're right. over 500 this year. I'll let you guys go. You probably have other callers, and if you find it, you can just let me know. I'm listening on the radio. Okay, thanks, Rocket. Appreciate it. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We actually got to wrap her up here, Rocket, but if I find that, uh, I'll get it to you for sure. I, uh, Rob, I'm frustrated because I had that, and I should have it, and now I can't find it. Well, you can make something up. Nobody knows. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to. I could have make it up. Uh, we can just quickly look here. They uh, they won the back to back. Well, they swept that back to back. The Islanders and the Red Wings in November. Well, I think at the end of the, the their record is probably fairly good just by looking at what their record is throughout this season. Um, 
they Talbot has played in back-to-back games. I think they they feel that get him a rest sometime because there's good, it's a long stretch the others have right now. Get him a rest when they can. And also, I think it was important to see what Brassois could do before the deadline came up here in, what is it, a week away now? And they want to know Wednesday. if they need something or not. Yeah. All right. They've never lost both, just quickly looking through it. That's this, a positive. This season. 4-1, though, the Oilers lose tonight. Didn't play well enough. Big night for the triplet line for the uh, Lightning. Kucherov had four points, and Palat had two goals. Thanks to our studio producer, Kellen Kennedy. We're back tomorrow. Quick turnaround, 4 o'clock for the face-off show. Puck drop at 5.30 as the Oilers take on the Florida Panthers. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. This has been Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Brandish Team Broadcast Center. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.